Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. So good to be with you today as we continue with this uh, series that we're in called Peace and Unlocking New Levels of Peace. And there's so much that we can learn about how we can have peace regardless of the circumstances that we're in. And one of the beautiful things about the Lord is that He comes with His peace. I know a lot of us, when we ask the Lord to intervene in our lives, we're asking Him for very specific blessings. And I think we kind of underestimate the blessing of peace. And we don't recognize how important it is to truly enjoying everything that He is making available to us as a blessing in this life. And there's so much that can disrupt our peace. There's so much that can challenge it. There's so much that can happen to derail us from living a life of peace. It's so fragile. It's difficult to hold on to. And there's so many things that can just affect us. And sometimes when our peace is affected, it's not just affected in the moment. It can be affecting us for for hours, sometimes days and longer than that. And we don't realize, but it can then become a pattern in our lives of how we just respond to when things are affecting our peace. And so what we've been doing is that we've been looking at ways of how we, through the scriptures and through the wisdom of God, can hold on to that peace and actually attain new levels of peace. And today I want to speak to you about how we can experience peace of mind, but through hope. And as we speak on the topic of hope, there's some things that maybe we have just stopped hoping for. And I think that when we do that, we, we may have just, just come to terms with the fact that things are just not going to be the way that we envision them to be. And we imagine that because of the stage of life that we're in, the decisions that we've made, the things that have happened to us, the things that have been done to us, that we've just made a decision that we were going to just stop hoping for these things. I don't know what that may be in your heart, but I believe that all of us, in one way or another, have stopped hoping for something. I know that to be true because I believe the scriptures speak to the topic of hope because he knows that we're a people who can easily stop hoping. And that we can make decisions to stop trusting God in areas of our life where we feel that it's too late for us to experience the very things that we had hoped for. And it's just too painful to relive it, so we stop hoping. It's too hurtful to go back there, so we just decide that we are not going to hope. And interestingly enough, there's a a prophet in the scriptures, and his name is Jeremiah. And Jeremiah 
is considered a major prophet, not because the others were minor, but because his book is longer than everybody else's. So Jeremiah has a lot to say. And, uh, and it was recorded in the scriptures as something that was especially meaningful to the people that needed to hear his message. And, and the message of Jeremiah is one that continues into the book of Lamentations. And to lament something is really to grieve something, it's to mourn something. And Jeremiah is considered to be a sad prophet, a grieving prophet, because of the fact that he has a lot to grieve over in his life. He hasn't had it easy, and the events in which he's been asked to speak to his people haven't been easy at all. He finds himself in a time and in a season where his people have experienced great losses. And Jeremiah is someone who, in the story that we're looking at, is someone who is having to deal with the fact that the Babylonian Empire has come and has destroyed the temple. It has taken the lives of his loved ones, his family, his friends, his people. They have not only been taken into captivity, but the ones that have been left behind are people who are suffering greatly. They're under heavy tribute and they're not able to rebuild their walls or rebuild their temple. And so their worship has come to an end in the way that they need to experience it to feel close to God. And so the events of their life collectively has been utterly destroyed and decimated. It's no longer the same, and so they find themselves with a lack of hope. And so I want us to read some of that in Lamentations chapter 3, and I've kind of divided it into three sections at first, um, for us then to go to a fourth section that speaks to the hope. But I think it's important for us to just to hear the tone of what Jeremiah is going through. And sometimes when we listen to someone say they're good, they're fine, everything's okay, you, you can kind of sense that it isn't. And even when someone is trying to be positive, you can tell that they're just more negative than they are positive. You can tell that they're more just devastated by the outlook of the future than they are encouraged by it. And, and, and as we read this, you're going you're gonna to sense that automatically. And so in, in Lamentations 3 and in verse 1 and 2, it says, I am the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. And he has led me into darkness and he is shutting out all the light. He has besieged, and he has surrounded me with anguish and distress. He has buried me in a dark place like those that are long dead. He has walled me in, and I cannot escape. He has bound me in heavy chains. And though I cry and shout, he has shut out my prayers. A peace has been stripped away, and I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. And the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. 
I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Can you resonate a little bit with these words? Is there a moment in your life where this just speaks very powerfully to what you have gone through or to maybe what you're going through right now? Well, don't lose hope. Because in the story that we're in, what the prophet Jeremiah reveals is that he battled inner darkness and depression. And I want us to understand that depression comes when we lose hope. When we believe that things cannot turn around, when things cannot change, when things cannot be better than they are, it is then that we slip into depression. Depression comes because we have lost hope. And so we have to then identify the area in which we have lost hope to identify the area of why, uh, the place in our lives, why we are depressed. It's directly connected. They're linked. They're one and the same. But we don't always see it like that because we don't always understand that the greatest remedy to overcoming depression is actually hope. It's more powerful than any medication anyone can ever offer or take. It's better than any therapy session you could ever be in. It's better than any friend, heart-to-heart -heart conversation you could have. It's better than any kind of community that you could be a part of or something that would maybe distract you through a hobby or an activity. Something you could throw yourself completely in which sometimes people do with their work, and sometimes they do that with their pleasure. You see, there are symptoms all around speaking to us of where we've lost hope. But we would rather keep numbing ourselves than doing what is required to restoring that hope. And I know that it's not simple, it's not easy, it isn't something that is going to require, you know, a measure of dedication and perseverance on our behalf, but it is what we will need to do. Uh, Lamentations is comprised of five poems, there are chapters. And, and what they do is that they form the laments for Judah and Jerusalem when they were invaded and devastated. But the sufferings of the population aren't everything that Jeremiah is lamenting. It's, it's also the fact that this happened in the first place. And the reason it happens in the first place is because God allows bad things to happen when we are disobedient in our relationship with Him. When we don't honor God, there are times where God has to bring us back to our senses and back to a place where we can honor Him again. And the only way that we are going to do that is if everything falls apart. And He allows things to fall apart so that He can put them back together in a way that they will never fall apart again. His heart isn't for things to fall apart. His heart is to restore. But sometimes if things don't fall apart, we don't look for God and we don't look for understanding in the devastation. And we don't break free from the depression 
And God's remedy for all these things is actually hope. And I want you to see that today is a day in which we can have hope. In the book of Proverbs, in chapter 12, in verse 25, it's, it's a beautiful verse, and it just says this. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. And so we can see how we can just get to a place where we just don't believe that things are going to get better. We're anxious, we're worried. We're led to a place of depression. But the scriptures say that a good word, a good word can make our hearts glad again. It's saying that hope can reignite our hearts to believe in a way that they never could. God is saying, I want to be that good word in your life. I want to be the one who brings that good word. I want to be the one who shows you that depression isn't just sadness. It's not just discouragement. But it's constant darkness. It's the absence of motivation. It's happening because you have lost all hope. And what I want to do is I want to come back into your life and I want to reignite that hope by giving you a word for you. A word for your life, a word for your situation, a word for your circumstances, a word for what you have been living and going through, a word for everything that you have somehow stopped believing could be possible again in your life. And so God wants to give you a word. And there have been many times in my life where God had to give me a word. Because I too was discouraged. I too was in darkness. And I too have lived what it's like to be in depression. You see, it doesn't just come to prophets like Jeremiah who have to write books like Lamentations. It comes to all of us. And this is not me speaking from a place like I have never experienced this. I'm speaking from a place where I have experienced it and I've experienced it for longer than I would have liked, for longer than I would have wanted, for much longer than I had hoped. And so if you find yourself in this cyclical pattern of losing hope consistently, I ask, you, ask yourself this question, where is it that I get a good word from? And, and why is it that I don't hear a good word? Why is it that I cannot believe in a good word? Why is it that I cannot trust this good word for me? Why is it that I have somehow believed falsely that there is no good word for my life. I want you to ask yourself this question right now. God, what is your word for me? What is your good word for me? Can you do that right now? Just in your mind and in your heart. God, what is your good word for me? Help me to know it so I can snap out of this condition that I'm in and, and move forward in the power of your hope. 
so that I can see this anxiety and sadness and discouragement dispelled once and for all, and I can see it destroyed. And this hope in me reignited, moving me forward in the power that you give with your presence. See, when God gives you a word, he comes with this power behind that word. And I need clarity in my life, just like you do. There are moments where I'm confused, where I'm distraught, where I'm just troubled in my spirit. I don't know which way to go. I don't know the decision to make. Sometimes we're like that when we're in a relationship. We've caught feelings. We, we love someone, and we know that they're not the right person for us, but yet we still persist and we pursue and we continue to try to power through in the relationship, even though God, in that moment, what we should be praying for is, God, give me a word. Sometimes it's because we want to give up, and God is saying, no, no, if you just hold on a little longer, you could see that things can actually turn around, and I want to give you a word that tells you to stay faithful and tells you to keep trying and not give up. Let God give you the word that you need for the season of life that you're in. Trust him for that. Try to fix it on your own all the time. See, God is saying, I want to come into your life. I want to lift this anxiety. I want to take away the depression. I want to do this by giving you a word. I, I don't know if you hear from God. I don't know if you've ever heard from him. My insight on this is that God has been speaking to you your whole life. My insight into this is that he is your shepherd, and you as his sheep, you know his voice. My insight into this is that, is that when we are his sheep, we not only hear the voice, but we know it's the one that we should follow. And what God is trying to help you to get to in a place in your life and in your relationship with him is that when you hear that voice, you know it's, it's, a, it's a voice that stands apart. It is a voice that is filled with power and anointing that you know it is different than any other voice you've ever heard in your life. It is not the voice that you're familiar with in your head. It isn't the voice that you're familiar with outside of your existence. It's not that voice that you have sometimes battled with that is just seeped in darkness, it is the voice of the shepherd. And, and what Jesus wants to do is he wants to come into your life and, and lead you, and he wants to do it with a good word, and he wants to lead you out of whatever it is that is holding you back from experiencing his very best. He wants to give you that peace, but more importantly, he just wants to offer you that protection he wants to give you that power, and he wants to, without a doubt, give you a life of prosperity like you've never experienced before. Can we say amen to that? Amen. That's, that's his heart. That's what the shepherd wants to do. He doesn't want to lose a single one of us. And he has the power to watch over the 99 as he goes after the one. He's the only one who can do both. We don't have to worry about the 99, and we don't have to worry about the one because Jesus has got it all covered, and that means we're all included in that. 
And the times when we're faithful, He is with them. And the times when we're not, He's still with us. And so I don't know if you're living this anxiety. I don't know if you're living this worry in your heart. And it's leading you to a place of depression. And sometimes it's so uh, insidious that it just happens so gradually. You don't even realize that you're headed there. You know, it just starts off sometimes with just a little bit of negative thinking and a little negative talk. It starts in the, in the form of gossip sometimes and, and just in the form of, of just dissatisfaction. And we don't even realize, but we're taking steps towards depression. We're taking steps to a place where hope doesn't live. You know, there's something powerful about Jesus and his teachings and the parables. And one of the things that he says about seeds and sowing them is that there's never a problem with the seed. There's always a problem with the ground. And what he's telling us is that, is that his good word is always a seed, but, but it needs to find good ground. And so I need you to be that good ground today. I need you to say, I want to be that good ground so that your good word finds Good ground in my heart so that I can stop being a person who doesn't have hope. But instead, I want to bring hope, not just to myself, but to the world around me. See, that can only happen if you make the decision to be good ground. I, I, I didn't know I could make the decision to be good ground. You know, I just thought that you had good ground, and that when you had good ground, well, then the seed was going to produce a great harvest one day. But God is saying, no, you don't understand. He says, when I, when I speak my good word, I don't want it to fall among the weeds, and I don't want it to fall on the, on the road. I want it to fall in good ground. Because he wants us to make the decision to be good ground. You want to make that decision with me today? I want to be good ground so that your seed can grow, so we can leave this garbage depression behind and live a life of hope instead. Amen. And God is saying, I want you to understand this because it's really key that you know not just where does your good word come from, but I need you to know where does your hope come from. And it's the same thing. And I want us to read this psalm. It's, it's Psalm 121. It's a short psalm. But it's a beautiful one because it says that when the people of God would go out on a pilgrimage and they would head out to Jerusalem to experience God in the temple, that this was a psalm for those who would ascend. For those who would ascend to the temple. For those who would make the trek to be in the presence of God. And I feel like sometimes, um, you know, going into the presence of God is like the pilgrimage. It's like a long journey. It's, it's a challenging hike. It leaves us not only tired, but winded, but it's also a dangerous route to get there. Does anyone else feel like that sometimes? See, in the season in which we're in, we can get so depressed and so exhausted by what we've been through that the last thing we want to do is just is leave our house or leave our couch and, and go looking for God. We, we don't want to be in a relationship with people, let alone be part of a community of faith. You know, NDG might as well be some far and distant city in a different country 
even though you might just live right around the corner. When you're not doing well, that's what it feels like. And so what Psalm 121 does is that it speaks to us of how different it is when you start to believe not just where your good word comes from, but where your hope comes from. And it says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. And he who watches over you will not slumber. Because indeed, he who watches over Israel will never sleep nor sl never sleep, never slumber. I think it should have been the other way around, personally. <laughs> I'll just do my personal edit. Sorry about that. And the word tells us that the Lord watches over you, that the Lord is your shade at your right hand, and the sun will not harm you by night, nor the moon. Sorry, the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. And the Lord will keep you from all harm, and he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. It's such a beautiful, powerful passage. It's a promise that God is making to all of us that are pilgrims in this life, that we are on our way into the presence of God. And the scriptures remind us that when we lift up our eyes to the mountains, that's where our help is going to come from. I don't know about you, but when you look up at a mountain, all you see is how high it is and how far it is and how long it could possibly take for that help to come. See, the higher the mountain, then... You know, the more dangerous the trek, even for the person who's coming to our, to our aid. Uh, the amount of time that it would take. You know, we're not talking about, you know, our Mount Royal here. <laughs> you could be down that thing in 30 minutes. But, but when they were looking at a mountain of the stature in which they're speaking of, they're looking at something that was not just high and far, but it was also dangerous to descend. And I don't know how long it's been taking for God to answer your prayer. And maybe it feels like he's just ignoring you outright. But the reason this passage is so powerful is that, is that, the psalmist knows, no matter what, no matter how long it takes, no matter what happens in between, God is going to come and help. And he has that hope. Do you? Or along the way, have you just like given up, thinking that it's not going to happen? And so in the book of Lamentations, we're reminded of this truth. 
truths that I want us to remember when we're battling depression. And the first is that your emotions are always valid, but they're never permanent. And so I want you to let yourself hope. And the passage that speaks directly to this is found in, in Jeremiah's own words. See, Jeremiah in, 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 in chapter 3, in verse 21, he says this, I dare to hope when I remember this. And he's referring to the fact that, that God is his hope. No matter what the circumstances are telling him, no matter what he's lived and experienced. You see, he's looking at his life and he's looking at his circumstances and he's saying, my emotions, they're valid, but they're not permanent and I can't trust them. And so I'm going to let myself hope. The second thing is that your situation may feel hopeless, but with God, there's always hope. And that's why in verse 22 and 23, he says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness because his mercies begin afresh each morning. There's always hope with the Lord. The third thing is that when you're naming your emotions, it opens the door to changing your emotions. And that's when hope can appear. You see, if you don't name what it is that you're going through, then you're not going to be able to have the breakthrough that you've been wanting and anticipating and expecting to take place. And that's why in verse 24, this is what Jeremiah says. He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, and therefore I will hope in him. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Yep. He goes right to the source. He goes right to the fullness of what it means to be a son and a daughter of our Heavenly Father. We are not just those who inherit, we are His inheritance. See, He loves us to the point where He has made us our inheritance, to the point where He gives His Son so we will experience the fullness of the inheritance. He doesn't just make us sons and daughters, but He makes us inheritors of everything that he has to offer. You believe that? See, if you believe that, you cannot not have faith. If you believe that, you will always have faith. You will always have hope. You will always be able to believe that things can turn around and be different. Here's another truth. We're not going to make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions because our hope is built waiting on the Lord. If we want to follow our emotions, it's always going to lead us to a place that is far from hope and possibly to a place that is just 
waiting for us that is called depression. And so God is saying, I want you to do something else. That when things are not going as planned and they're not going according to what you had hoped and things are looking like they cannot turn around, here's what I want you to do. And Jeremiah gives us the key in verse 25. This is what he says. He says, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And what God is reminding us is that we are not going to see things change unless we make a decision to hope in the Lord and to wait on the Lord for that good word that gives us the hope that we need. And as we wait on the Lord, He promises to give it. He promises to remind us of how He has an inheritance for us, of how He is the one who can save us regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances, that He will be your salvation. And so let's go back now and think about the place in our life where earlier on I asked you, where is it that you have lost hope? Go back to that place now and look at it differently from the perspective of even someone who was lamenting and going through one of the most challenging times in his life, the prophet Jeremiah a place in which he was in between two places. He was in between pain and he was in between praise. You see, we lament when we're stuck in between those two places. When we're stuck between the pain and we're stuck between the praise. But God says, I can give you a good word if you will be good soil so I can move you out of the pain towards the praise and renew your hope right now. Are you ready for God to do that in your life? Are you ready for Him to give you hope? What is it that you believe God cannot resurrect? What is it that you believe that God cannot bring back to life? Do you know that in the scriptures, for something to live, it must die? That's who Jesus is to us. He proves to us the promise that in his death, he can live again, but more importantly, Everything that we see die can be brought back to life in a new way. Jeremiah said he could make new mercies afresh every morning. You believe that for your life? That he can do something new for you. That he can do something in your life where you are not depending enough on him for. You're depending on someone and something else, but not on the Lord. And God is saying, depend on me. 
because I want to be the good word. I just need you to be the good soil. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Father, I want to thank you for every person here who has just spoken to you in this place and just spoken to you through their minds and their hearts of where it is that they have lost hope and where they need you to reignite it. They need a good word from you, Lord, and we pray for that. We pray for that just like you gave it to Jeremiah and you helped them overcome. Lord, would you help them overcome? And through the principles that we have looked at today, may they help us, may they guide us, may they instruct us in, in the way that we must walk so that we can experience the fullness of the inheritance that you have for us. You have great things in store for every person here, Lord. You want to do great things in their life. You want to give them great things. That's who you are because you're a great God. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are here for them and that you will speak hope into their life that is the good soil in which it needs to flourish. And we pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only He can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.